Uh, yeah, so mine is Bokari. I think it's a, what, like third episode I've done, so I might as well be like a... Oh, what's popping, man? How you doing? <laughs> might as well be a co-host at this point. Um, <laughs> nah, um, so of course I went to Baruch with Hamed and Jamisa Zakia, uh, and at Baruch I was studying, uh, well, I majored in business communications, and then I double-minded in English and African-American studies. That's beautiful. I can go next, and... So I studied, at first I thought I was going to be, you know, an accounting major slash finance major, you know, at Baruch Zicklin School of Business. But then I think, Bakari, you're the one that put me on to business communications. Bro, the funny thing is, we had that conversation because yeah. I came in an accounting major too and took yeah. business 1000 and said accounting is a dub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I've heard, so I literally finished all of the Zicklin prerequisites, and I was like, this ain't for me. I got my ass whooped by macro, micro. Statistics was, it was it was pretty difficult for me. But I think I got like a B in it. But just judging from those classes, I was like, I don't think I would have made it in the Zicklin School of Business, depending because of this type of student that I am. So I was like, okay, I was hearing good shit about business communications. And as Bukhari put it, it was always the wise man choice because it was in the Wiseman School of, what was it? Liberal arts, arts. arts. Yeah, arts and sciences. So I ended up studying for business communications and minored in African-American studies. And I never regretted it. All right, so also went to Baruch. I studied finance, so I stayed with Zicklin. Yeah. I got my ass whooped too, but... <laughs> <laughs> I still was able to manage. Um, so yeah, I studied finance and I minored in communication. So yeah. I'm really proud of you guys, man. Y'all getting <laughs> beat up, but everyone stood tall. That's that's so beautiful to hear. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I came in and left where I studied business communication mm-hmm. and minored in philosophy. Um, you think that was a right decision? was the awesome decision i mean (laughs) the funny part is well i mean i already knew that i wanted to come and study in communications to begin with Mm -hmm. but i think philosophy what had me now the first time i dropped the class Mm -hmm. where she literally had us reading this like original work and every time i came out of the class i was like what the hell am i reading i was like okay it's time to drop maybe i need to do something else but i was like no maybe it was just her she's just being a real stickler for philosophy and all up on people's, you know, don't let me say the word. <laughs> but it was That's unhealthy choice. right there. <laughs> it was a very yeah. good choice. Now that was a good choice, man. <laughs> I, it was. Uh, I actually tell that to people all the time. Anytime you meet anyone that preach philosophy and it's from their perspective, don't trust that shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there's there, that's true, bro. There, there's helping someone, but then there's helping someone for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's that bougie f- philosophy. You don't need that. You you did something wonderful. Yeah. Okay. All right, we can move on to the next question. Did your major play a role in your current career? I can go on that, uh, even though, you know, y'all boy stayed home with his demons. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, 
all the uh, studying, you know, I do a lot of um, animation, photography, uh, you know, a lot of media based talents, mm -hmm. you know, and now, you know, I'm a photographer, you know, content creator, it definitely had a big role to play in my interest in things in life, you know, I look at things from that, all of those perspectives. So, you know, definitely had a big role to play in where I'm at, you know, okay. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it was actually really funny because we, Ahmed knows it. That's why it was really funny when I ended up graduating doing the job that I did because I was like super anti-accounting and finance my whole undergrad, didn't care for it. Like, I didn't really like switch my major off of like thinking it was too hard. It was just like, wow, this is incredibly boring and I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> and then my first job out of college is like credit risk at Goldman Sachs, where I needed those exact skills that I never got because I never took the finance or accounting courses and always did like a different internship. Like I had like, I had like offers at different bulge bracket banks, but I always went like the tech company route because I just enjoyed that culture a lot more. So mm -hmm. when I graduated and ended up going to Goldman Sachs to do that role. It was pretty much with the logic of like, yeah, I want to get those skills. And this is the company. And there was a company out there that I was going to like take that, you know, headache on with. It was going to be Goldman just because of that brand and opportunities that I viewed that it was going to open up later on. And so, I mean, granted, I just left Goldman like a few weeks ago, but ended up being in that role for close to three years. So, I mean, no regrets there, but yeah. So to, to conclude, like, yeah, business communications, I, I think from a technical skill standpoint, definitely didn't help with my first role out of college, but I think why I enjoyed that major so much is because you get a lot of like broader soft skills that I feel, feels have been super applicable to any kind of career. Like being able to communicate well, both written and verbal, putting together presentations and stuff like the stuff that you probably wouldn't avoid in most jobs that you get out there. So I think the major provided enough general soft skills to be helpful in whatever I do. Thanks, so I'll jump in. Um, definitely think what I majored in helped. Um, so I'm a compliance analyst and a system manager for a commercial and residential bank. So I'm always seeing numbers every day, unfortunately. Um, and I actually do a lot of more accounting um, things than finance. So it was just funny that like I took an extra finance um, accounting course while I was in group. And I was like, why did I do this to myself? Like it was a four credit accounting course. You could imagine um, it didn't go well, but <laughs> uh, those, uh, those skills that I got from that experience definitely helps like my day to day because like I'm just in a, well, it's a smaller bank. It's a big bank, but it's a smaller bank. And, you know, you take on so many roles. Like you have one defined like job title, but you have so many different roles that you're doing within that um, title. So yeah, it was helpful. Okay. Would you like to yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I agree with Bakari on this one, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. The whole... Because I'm a pre-K teacher, um, I'll be moving on to kindergarten next year. I think what helped me with my major is those soft skills. Just yeah. the simple fact of like what a presentation is, how am I speaking to my students, um, how am I talking to parents, how do I have conversations, conflicts, how do I deal with conflict, those little things like that. I think those pieces played a major role in my current career. But like trying to, you know, do marketing a brand or do PR for a brand, like none of that matters right now, to be quite honest. Okay. I mean, for me, um, I thought I was going to play a role because I thought I was going to get a job that related to business communications in general in any shape or form. But I ended up doing IT as currently my current position is a IT help desk position. And that requires me to be more technical. And so it, for me, my major didn't really, I didn't really find a job that like exemplified those skills that we learned from business communications. And so, and I was unfortunate because I was really interested in like finding a job that related to my major, but difficulties arise in my life and I had to find another way to be more competitive, so I joined a six-month IT boot camp, got my IT certificates, and then 
I found a job in IT, so to speak. So using those soft skills is helping currently because there's a lot of there's a lot of assholes in IT. These are people who <laughs> run the companies, so they don't have time to be nice to you. So <laughs> the soft skills that I've learned in business communications, being patient, being calm, when you're talking to all levels of customer, you can be talking to a senior executive, you can be talking to like an everyday employee. So being able to pick up on those cues and knowing how to talk to that person in order to have a satisfactory review at the end of the day is important. And I definitely learned those skills in business communications. So, you got the next one? Yes, of course. Uh, what were your top three choices of career? In college, like when you first started college, what did you expect? To, yeah. to be going into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what were your dream jobs, basically? Yeah, it was like, that's going to give me the money I need. Yeah, that's funny because I feel like I was, I was one of those people who silently had no idea. Yeah. what I wanted to do. Um, like, like when I was in high school, I thought I was going to do computer science. And then I went to Baruch where for me, like it's a business centric school. So then I opened my mind to the idea of like, okay, maybe the business side of corporate America is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I wanted to do accounting and I was like, nah, it's quiet. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like once I kind of picked my major business communication, I was fully sold in the idea that I was going to be doing some of some of consumer marketing yeah. post graduation. Um, and then just like life took me wherever it went. So I mean, for me, like I didn't really have a firm idea until about sophomore year what I wanted to do. And then I ended up not doing that anyway. Like I, my first internship was at AOL doing consumer marketing, mm-hmm. loved it. Following summer, I did sales at Google, which was very different from marketing, but it was still in like that digital marketing space. I was like, okay, cool, this is, I don't like sales at all, but just think the space and, and the industry is where I want to be and then I graduate and do the polar opposite of both of them. So, <laughs> so it was like, for me, like, I just, like, I was one of those people who was always like, well, I, like, I think the one constant was like, I just like remaining nimble, trying new shit and getting out of my comfort zone. And then I think for me, it's like, it's just as helpful trying something, loving it and knowing you're loving it. But it's also extremely helpful to like try something and hate it and know that oh, this is the path I don't want to be on no longer that you just make the adjustments from there. And I feel like, both are extremely helpful learning experiences. So yeah, that's that's just kind of how it went. I, I changed my mind too much to really know exactly what I wanted to do out of college anyway. So <laughs> I could jump in. Um so in high school, well my senior year of high school, I thought I wanted to be an architect. I don't know what I was thinking. But that's really yeah, yeah, I was like 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 invested in like interior design architect and then when I started doing research it was like only the top one percent are paid everybody else is like I said okay so that's that's clip <laughs> so that went that that dream went out the window and then when I finally got to Baruch um similar to Bakari I had no idea what I wanted to do but I was like since I'm here let's try marketing nope wasn't for me <laughs> and then I really just jumped in front of the train and said all right I'm on the finance route like and I stuck to it but um like long-term like goals was law it's always been law it's still law but I've had a few internships with like um corporate firms and you know you could do anything before you apply or go to law school and I just thought it would be, you know, essential to have some kind of business knowledge, being that I'm entering, I will be entering a business sector in law, like finance, or leverage finance, or MA, things like that. So I was like, okay, it makes sense to, like, get that fundamental knowledge about it before I, like, really yeah. take that next step. Definitely. Bro, I ain't go to college, man. Uh, but out of... Top three choices in Korea. In career, um, strangely enough, I don't know. I think we all were just manipulated in school because I wanted to be an architect. Yo, like I got a lot of books, from? yeah, and I'm I'm actually really good at it too. Uh, you know, but I think that might have something to do with like a lot of interior design more mm-hmm. so. You know, um, I wanted to. I, I think I'm doing what I wanted actually. I re- I really wanted to be an animator. You know, really good at you know, visual effects, got into it in high school and it stuck, mm-hmm. you know, it took a little time to learn, but um, I'm still doing it and it's paying off really well to just 
take that difficult route because you got no support you know like you coming out of high school trying to chase your dreams you kind of asked out automatically especially if you don't have things like a like scholarships you know no aid you know it's like all right it's time to hit the damn search bar <laughs> and that's that's how it was you know i wanted to do um animation and i did it so yeah. that's where that's where it was yeah. yeah i mean for me uh top three choices i remember being an architect was a really big one and um it's not until I got into college that I realized I really like media because everything I was doing was pointing to media. Like, mm -hmm. um, especially because in Baruch, I was a USG. And I, during our like campaign, I enjoyed being out there talking to people, marketing who Rise Baruch was as a team, and then like informing the masses of like our goals and our plans. And Seek and Kai Alpha, I was the marketing director for Kai Alpha for my junior year and like creating posters and like marketing people, talking to people. And I realized that I enjoyed that. But for me, I thought it was in marketing, but then I realized it was in media. That was like, that. I think that's the passion when you came out about this podcast idea. I was like, oh, this comes back full circle. Because I really enjoyed media. I liked all forms of media, to animation, to books and reading, to basically like any art form that people can, you know, receive a message from. I was really thoroughly enjoyed in that. So I definitely thought business communication was going to push me in that route, you know, being in some type of media job. But I guess in a way, computers are a form of media when you use them correctly. And so I feel like it, even though it wasn't my plan when I started college to become an IT person, it definitely is a love that I began to recognize throughout the years. I was like, I'm working with computers. I, I love gaming. And what's the central thing that brings all this together? And it's definitely technology. So I feel like I made the right decision in the end. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, in high school, I thought I was going to be like a news reporter or a journalist. Um, that was really, I just wanted to be behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really just intriguing just to, I don't know, be in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. But then my mom was so worried that someone would kidnap me overseas. And yeah, she was very worried. She was like, what if they kidnap you? How am I going to see you again? And I was like, okay, so you don't want me to be a news reporter. You don't want me to be a journalist. Because I can't always stay local, so yeah. those dreams were down. <laughs> um, oh man! Yeah, it was also that, but then it was also the schools that I was looking at. Like most of them mm. were far away, and I was like, I don't want to go away. Mm -hmm. I want to stay local. I want to stay with my family. And I don't think Baruch had anything like that. Like journal, like I didn't want to do journalism at Baruch. I was just like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, the Mark School of Public Relations was it? Is it that? No, they had journalism in, I think it was just, I think it was in Wyoming. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't want to mind. Arts is public affairs. Public affairs, okay, my Speaking that on his own, <laughs> his own university. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then when I got to Baruch, I was all on this like, yeah, I'm gonna be a public relations manager or um, something in that vicinity. And then I interned at the Morgan Project and I, I'm like, you know, doing all the tasks that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm getting, I'm marketing them. Mm -hmm. I'm reaching out to um, like news places, um, the New York Times trying to get people to talk about the Morgan Project. And I was like, this is heavily boring. And I was like, I do not. And then I realized after a while, I was like, I don't want to be representing one place, one brand, and that be it. Um, it just wasn't enjoyable for me. Um, and then I just became a teacher. I know I just wanted something to do with mentoring and like leading. Um, and yeah, I mean, the teaching just happened to happen because if I didn't apply for Teach for America, I probably wouldn't have any job right now. I don't know where I would be because <laughs> um, I didn't have a plan after graduation. I was just at a standstill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 
When you imagined where you would be five to ten years ago, did your vision become realized? Did it become actual? I mean, realistically for me, I, I wasn't nowhere close to the mindset that I have 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, my concerns was coming to school early and roasting ass for two hours. So, you know, you definitely was. You know, like when teachers ask that and I look back at it, it's like, I don't think that's a good question to ask kids. It's like, mm-hmm. here are some tools to help you get through life in five to 10 years, you know, like, because we, we're not taught how to do those things, you know, like, okay, I have a goal, how do I reach it? You know, so where I saw myself, I was like, definitely not broke. And that was pretty much it. That was, that was all I had. It's like, I ain't trying to be broke. And that was my vision. Yeah, I, I'm be honest, I just don't think I, I was one of those people who had that much foresight. Like, I felt like I always kind of operated in increment. So like, for me, when I was in high school, I was worried about getting to the best college I could. Now I got to college and then the goal was, hey, get these internships, but then also the main goal is to graduate, right? And then once that was like one of the things, okay, cool, like that's gonna happen. So like, cool, now secure the best full-time job. So I mean, I just always had goals I was working towards, but I don't think I really had a firm vision of like, yo, five years from now, I should be doing this. I just wanted to be successful in whatever I was doing. So I, I was very broad and like pretty incremental in that way. Like I just definitely didn't have that much foresight. Wait, 10, 10 years ago, I was what, 2013 um, or 2013 now? Uh, I was about to say imagine 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> 13. What, like, so what, what grade is that? Yeah, that's, that's high, high school. school. Yeah. High school at oh, 13. Oh, yeah. Are you scholars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, um, I was wilding. I, I, I could care less about anything. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, what about I thought I was going to be driving trains. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I laugh. Everyone laughs when I say that. Like, I, I don't really, know why. Yeah. <laughs> Not the way you said it, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, absolutely oh not. God. But um, I was a good kid in school still, though. You know. Um, so uh, yeah, but like just trying to find out what I wanted to do for life, in a sense. No, I was that was not my focus ten years ago. Um, but I was like just focused on you know getting good grades, making my parents proud, like that kind of stuff. So it's interesting now. Um five years ago, maybe I started, you know, being a little more in depth or trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. But yeah, 10 years ago, no, that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, for me, I don't know. Don't be telling the lies. You know, I'm not telling the lies. I mean, 10 years, old, 10 years ago, I could have I those sentiments. I didn't really have that type of foresight. But I feel like in high school, I had a fear of like, I don't know, I had like a deep fear of being homeless for some reason. Like I've constantly, <laughs> <laughs> I've constantly seen like homeless people around where I live. And I'm like, how as a child, where, where does that mistake happen where your trajectory is like homelessness, you're in the streets and you're, it's just unfortunate. Where does that start? Start, yeah, yeah, yeah. In your life, and I had a deep fear of that. I strongly remember that. So, I feel like at the beginning of high school, I had this strong passion of not fucking up, because they always tell us I oh, was like the high school prison pipeline, and then it was just constant <laughs> fear of just <laughs> failing in life. So I was just like, Yo, what the hell? How do I make sure that I'm on the path of success? But yeah, I'm only laughing because we went to a, a weird high school. That's yeah, all. That's all. That's really about it. <laughs> I get why you're laughing. But like five years ago, the vision of like me being an accountant or like somewhere in finance or like an engineer with architecture, of course, that hasn't been realized. And I can recognize that now, but I never thought I would be able to like build my first computer five years ago. 
So it definitely, um, it definitely took me aback when I realized my life now, when I think about it now. How about you, Janice? Yeah, um, 10 years ago, I mean, 13 year old me. I know what you were doing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, I won't say out here, but you know, I was a good student. I mean, I was, my mom very was strict on like getting education. So I was in there getting A's, getting all the good grades I could, or I was going to come home and get my ass whooped. Let's just put it how it needs to be put. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a lot of things happened in high school that I don't think I was really trying to think about what it would be in five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like what um, my brother's friend had passed away. That was really traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after that, we got evicted and I was in a shelter and I was living with my stepfather. Um, the only thing that I was worried about was getting some money, making sure my mom and sister were good, and I guess just trying to make it through life. Like, I wasn't thinking, oh, am I going to be a teacher? Am I going to be teaching students? I was just thinking, what's the job that I can get that's going to get me my money so that I can get my own place, do the things that I need to do to make sure that my family and myself is set? Um, so that was really, I don't know just thinking about like where you come from and things like that, like you're not always taught to have this vision also. Like there's so many things that are happening in life. That, that is true. That is that, true. That like restricts you from like thinking, oh, I want to do this when I get out I want to do this. And it's like, no, it's like the main goal is to survive. Like how am I going to make sure everybody's good? That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, the next question. In your place of work, do you find yourself cold switching? Repeat that, please. In your place of work, do you find yourself cold switching? Cold switching? No. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really weird. Uh, but if uh, you know me personally, I genuinely do not code switch. Uh, I learned that it's one of my biggest advantage everywhere I go, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to communicating with people. You know, when you're surrounded by like a whole bunch of like, you know, you, I go around people that are looking to uh, recruit, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people get scared, you know, like, okay, this person's a billionaire, let me act different. And I used to do a lot of delivery when I first started out making money. And one thing I learned was people in high in power love being treated human, you know? So me just being me, me even cursing, me not having, you know, the best grammar, always made them feel so much more comfortable versus hey hi how are you doing I've heard a lot about you you know what's good is literally superior to all of that you know and I don't code switch for nothing you know like if I'm visiting sure but not in my basic and casual interactions with my job it makes people more comfortable when I'm who I am if you're a sketchy person you better code switch but you know, realistically, I don't. You know, it, it troubles me to to be someone else. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else would like to share? Yeah, I mean, I say, I say for me, it's a mixed bag. I would say if I'm thinking about my first row out of college in those three years, I would say early on, I was a lot more keen to cone switching because for me, I just came in with the mindset of like, I just need to play it safe. You know, obviously just I'm way out of my comfort zone. Like I moved out of New York, so I was in the West Coast. And the dynamics of the city I'm in was just very different from what I came from. So I was like, okay, I'm like my first day in, I walked into the floor and I see my team and I'm like, cool, I'm the only black person on this side of the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the only male analyst on my team. So my team at the time was like all white and um asian women as analysts oh, and they're like wow. our vps were there. it was like three it was like two male vps and then one woman vp as well so i mean for me i was just like i clearly like this is not the environment to bring my full self to work mm-hmm. but I, I grew out of it i mean i think for me once i was comfortable in the fact that i could call like i do this job well and i don't need to go out my way to feel like i'm holding so much of myself back to be successful here then it, it kind of just like left me like I would say especially it being Goldman it was just like yeah I mean I came in pretty buttoned up weren't like kind of like you know I did the business casual thing for a solid 
three, four months before I was like, yeah, I'm wearing sneakers to work. Like, it was, it was just like, I, <laughs> it was like, who cares, bro? Like, and, and granted, I'll, I'll say I was in a unique position being in like the Salt Lake office versus the New York office. I think it was just naturally a bit more casual of a Goldman office than like New York headquarters would have been. But That's very true. But even then it was just like, yeah, I'm gonna bring myself to work and deal with it. And like, it just ended up working so much in my favor. And like, that's really where I started really building those amazing relationships with different people, like especially people who are more senior than me, because I think being authentic could get you. Yeah, it gets you far, man. So like, I, I was just like one of those people that was like, cool, like I played the game for a little bit in the beginning and thought that that was going to be the route. But very quickly, I was like, nah, I mean, I'm, if, I, if I'm good at this role, like, is like what's what what I deserve is gonna come, and so that coast with this shit lasted not too long at all. Before I was like, yeah, I'm bring me now. Granted, and I'll stop here because I feel like I'm chatting. Um, I think any time you're in corporate America, I think you, I wouldn't call it coast with you, but I think you dial certain things back. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not the person who's gonna come in a room and fucking pretend I don't got a New York accent and pitch up my voice and talk. <laughs> You feel me? Like, <laughs> you gotta hide that real quick. Yeah, like I'm, I'm never gonna be that guy, but I'm also like you do kind of operate with some sense of truth. Where like you're not gonna talk to a VP saying dead ass every four sentences like I would if I'm not met. Like, so you definitely <laughs> dial certain things back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be on the side of like caution, like caution. Be on the side of caution with that, like, and definitely being professional. But beyond that, like it's just I'm, I'm me at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Right. Um, definitely agree with Bukhari and Raheem. Um, but you guys know how I talk with y'all. I'm definitely not walking in the meeting like you're ever <laughs> at work. So. I do close with um when need be, but it's not like I'm changing how I talk, like how I talk now on this Zoom is how I talk in the office, but you know, just being mindful and respectful of like yeah. the people I'm in front of. Of course, um, and it's needed. Like, also when I walked in, I'm the youngest in my department, so they already don't know the lingo. If I was to even oh, speak yeah, like yeah. that, off rip, like um, they have like 20, 30 years on me, so they probably like, what the hell are you talking about, right? But um, I, I think I have reached this level of just comfortability in my role because I started out as an intern with this organization, and I kind of worked my way up. So you know, I they've become familiar of what of how I am and I've become familiar of how just our team team dynamic so now it's just like all right Zaki I'm like all right <laughs> that's it <laughs> no I mean no I don't go switch and I you know what I think about I think it's mainly because I'm surrounded by people that look like me or you know they come from wow. different backgrounds no and I, I'm, I'm being very honest um, no, that's because, real. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I guess what you learn as a teacher and what you start to see is that there's a lot of white supremacy, like we're built on white supremacy. And then there's a lot of, um, professionalism that people believe is based on white supremacy. So you start to hear teachers, you know, change up their voice or, um, just sound more polite or things of that nature, just because you're speaking in front of someone that does not look like you. Um, but I haven't code switched in my job, not once. Mm -hmm. I hope I don't have to because the demographic will change when I go into kindergarten. So I'm curious what that will look like. But even if I'm code switching, I'm still myself. Like there's nothing different. I don't think the language that I speak with you or that I speak at work is totally different. Yeah. I mean, for me, I use codes switching strategically. I'm pretty sure that other people do. But like, especially if it's like a first impression, like um, when I was working at... A nice interview? <laughs> yeah, exactly. A nice interview. Even at Baruch, like when I was interviewing for my position with um, the financial manager, at the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, until she got more comfortable for me, with me, we started talking about our personal lives, then she realized oh, I was a funny guy. I don't care if you deny that I am funny. But like, I made her laugh on multiple occasions. She's like, I would have never guessed you're like this funny person. Like you're always quiet and stuff like that. So it's like, for me, it's interesting to see the dynamic of like when you start to come out of your shell 
we go see who you really are. So I can agree with all you guys about like. I, I mean that. Yeah, that's a that's a color and demographic issue when it comes to code switching. I'm gonna keep that one real. You know, like if you look at me for my appearance, like a lot of people would not ever know how smart I am. And that's because they're judging me off the rip. Like it doesn't even matter. You know, so that I have this thing where I also like to be me and even more. Like I would add extra Raheem on top of the Raheem I am just to prove you wrong. You know, like I go to a lot of film festivals and I don't really see a lot of colored people there, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I always feel some type of way about that shit. I always do, but then I also feel proud to just be one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I talking different? Because y'all clearly don't know who I am and I'm bringing that to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you, you talking about it, you really, really made me think about that. They never know. Mm-hmm. Assume me quiet and stuff, yeah, probably yeah. me. <laughs> It's it's a mess, man. Representation matters, Raheem. Yeah, I'm right now. My 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 hair's falling out, so <laughs> the afro's going soon. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I guess I feel like you can rock the boat. You do have the beard for it. No, I got a motorboat head, man. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I agree, Sorry, I definitely agree, but um, do you ever think like your managers and stuff would code switch as well? Like they probably don't think they're their most authentic self at work. Um, I can answer that for sure. Uh, like for me, I like to create my energy. You know, like my bosses, they curse, they flirt. Like they do everything a boss shouldn't do because I want them to be just that with me. You know, I feel more safe when people are cursing, when people are not being professional like the second i hear you say some proper shit i'm cross-eyeing you like i don't who, who <laughs> mans is this right here you know it's like it's the for me i realize you truly have to create that environment like without you being yourself everyone's proper apparently yeah. you know like yeah you know, yeah how's your day going yeah well you know yesterday and like now nah, yo listen shit happened you know like you got your boss cursing at you you build a you build such a a much friendlier workplace when you don't code switch that's how i look at it like like everyone's more fluent yeah. so much more fluent i can definitely agree with that i mean with me and my like because we have daily um meetings to like catch up with what we gotta do for the day and like my manager be cursing up a storm if like one of the clients are, is in there tripping balls she's like what the fuck are you doing like she's white as hell so <laughs> I mean, you're definitely right about that. It definitely, but I feel like IT is just that industry where there's not a lot of really proper people. Like IT people, especially if they have experience in this field, most of them are like assholes. They can talk to my IT department be pulling up. Exactly. If you don't follow strict um, policies or procedures that they have, they can be rude to you and they don't give a shit at the end of the day. So I definitely don't like that aspect because I believe. There's a lot of people who aren't, well, older people who aren't really tech savvy. And I feel like the more we can educate them, that's just my philosophy, right? We can make them more comfortable with technology because it's going to continue to evolve. So no, that, that's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's that patience. You have patience. They don't have patience. I was actually talking about this earlier mm-hmm. on Facebook where I lack human, I lack patience with people. I get irritated so damn quick. Mm-hmm. you know and so the it people most likely that's what it is it don't mean like they're all assholes it's the yeah, fact that yeah. they know something that's so obvious and you asking questions about obvious shit yeah, you know yeah. like i dare you to ask your math teacher what's one plus one now you probably get punched <laughs> in the face like you never see that side of it you know but yeah. it's, it's just a la- their lack of knowledge you know like what's wrong with the computer mouse yeah. it's not plugged in and i'm like they're losing their shit over there you know like i yeah, <laughs> i yeah. totally get it yeah. Totally get it. I mean, for me, I recognize that. Like, I recognize that. Um, you got for that us, patience, it's like man. simple. Like, for us, it's like muscle memory. We know what's yeah. at the same time. But I don't think a lot of people realize, like, not a lot of people know those stuff. Yeah. Know how to use computers, recognize, because my even my dad, he was like, yo, this link is not working. This link right not working. Guess what? He was clicking on a picture. <laughs> Of the link, like it's not it's not a web page. It was a picture of the web page, and he was clicking the link on the picture. 
thinking it was an actual link. Oh, so when I recognize that people don't know how to use these devices, like it just it humbles me. You know, I take a step back and I realize like not everybody's gonna get it, you know. No, so, that's that's beautiful. It makes yeah, them more enticed to learning. Yeah, definitely. You no, know, it, it really does. And like I know like when I showed them that I was like, Dad, that's 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 a picture. My patience ain't there, man. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. It's 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 it non-existent. It, it definitely takes work. It's not. So I feel like patience is definitely a skill. Not it is just as well as communication. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Back to that question, though, because of like if we think managers code switch, I think. I mean, if you're like, I feel like a, a corporate entity. More times than not, it's just a very PC environment where people just yeah. kind of hold back a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I found, and granted, I just don't know how applicable it is to every setting I'm going to be and moving forward, but just like once I kind of like let the veil down and just was like giving it up, however I felt like it, like mm -hmm. people kind of match that energy with you. Like yeah. by the time I was like really comfortable in my position, it was just kind of like being me. Like my manager was very, well, my, I, I was, I had two different managers and they were two very different people. My first manager was a lot more like textbook, like, hey, we're just gonna have this kind of manager relationship. We don't, we weren't like the type of people that were gonna like freaking go out to lunch together or something like that. Like, it just wasn't that dynamic. But then my second manager, like, that was like the homie, bro. And it was like a very unusual, like, man manager relationship. Where it was like, bro, we, like, we, like, he was, I, I, like, I left Goldman and we were texting the other day about like, the, the playoffs. Like, you get what I mean? Like, we had a lot <laughs> of casual relationship because we just, that was, how we decided to approach it like we would walk into a catch-up and he would just be talking shit about like whatever vp pissed him off that day like once we come out there i was like oh is this? Like, this is really an environment where you can at least be some attempts of yourself so i mean i think sometimes when you do come in and be yourself like people tend to kind of match the energy with the good yep. not someone that's just gonna like take what i say and run with it and like try to like pack me up to hr or something like that so yeah I think quarantine has also helped with them just like being their true selves. Like you sitting at home on a Zoom call with us in your PJs. So it's like, you can't relax. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to do all that. Like just, just chill out, right? So I think that has helped like my department a little bit. Some of them like kind of cut loose, unbuckle their tie a little bit. Just like be yourself. It's all it's right, be easy. But my like reporting manager, she's also black and she's a female and she's leaving, which I'm sad. But yeah, like we kick it, like we text all the time. Like she's cool. Like, so I, I'm just happy that I was able to establish that kind of relationship with someone on my team as well. Of course. Yeah. 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 All right, that was a, that was a good question. <laughs> We're gonna move on to the next one. Was a formal education necessary for your current success? I want to say the one, I want to go first and say no, because a lot of you guys are going to say yes. Uh, no, no, it's, and that's completely fine. Like, I want to get that out the way first. Like, um, for me, it's like a big no, you know, again, it's something that you can't just learn casually, you know, and it came from a lot of personal interest where you have to be down to spend those hours and try your best to make ends meet with whatever you're trying to get into you know so I didn't have that that uh education or teaching to do what I'm doing right now you know it's, this is me saying all right I want to learn to do that I know it's possible so I'm gonna go learn it you know and that's my approach for everything if I know another human could do it as long as it's not athletic or anything physical I know I can do it mm -hmm. you know because I don't know. That's just my approach to it. You know, I, w I wish my education had a role, but it didn't. So I'll have to say no with that. Thank you for sure. Thank you. Very welcome. Yes. Nah, like, all, all y'all got communication skills, financing, and, and <laughs> no, like think about it. Like even though it's not direct, even though the, the even though like the current like careers are not direct, it's a definitely a byproduct. You know, yeah. at first I was here, no. But I was like, let me shut my non-college ass up. <laughs> like, no, nah, that's seriously why I ain't say nothing. But it's like me being more like accepting to just listen to other people. It's not a feel. I'm trying to be ignorant towards, mm -hmm. you know, but 
like a lot of those traits play off very well, especially with that communicating, you know, a lot of interaction with people. Yeah. A lot of those things really definitely, definitely a big byproduct. I'll be quick. Um, I mean, I think for me, funny enough, bro, like, I don't think a formal education is needed for most jobs. Like, I think, honestly, on-the-job training is what's going to get you through at the end of the day. I think the real reason why education was necessary for, like, the goals that I've gotten is because of the barrier entry. Like, at the end of the day, like, a lot of these companies are just super competitive. So a lot of times the first thing that's going to get you in the door or get you in front of them was like, okay, on paper, like what is on your resume? And then one of the first things there is like, cool, what college did you go to? What is your GPA? What are you majoring in? Because that's like the first kind of like baseline they have for like whether or not they think you're a good fit. So I think it, it it's made necessary because of like compet- like the competitive nature of a lot of these roles and just like that, you know, huge barrier entry. But I think as far as like, being in this seat and doing a role well, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like you, you get taught everything you need to learn. I mean, you, you get taught on the job, everything you need to like do the job well. So, I mean, like college didn't like, I mean, I think you probably develop like skills to like wrap up quicker, maybe like, you know, like, I think for me, the biggest thing I got out of college, especially like the high school student I was who bullshitted my way through college. I mean, through high school. Cause you know, <laughs> I, I went to a, I went to a city high school in the hood. I didn't need to like go crazy to get good grades. Like I was like cool. Like I just kind of coasted through high school and ended up getting good grades and cool. And then Brew came in and punched me in my face. Like and so I think being able to kind of like sit down with content you're unfamiliar with and like being able to like study it, learn it, digest it. I think you know that skill set is what I got out of college more than anything. And I think that has been helpful in my roles, but otherwise like under job training is like gonna be the main thing anyway. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's like really all the way necessary. Sorry, it was me or Jimmy's going next. No, 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 oh, okay. Um, I think Bakari like said everything I had in my mind. Um, <laughs> definitely like you're gonna get trained on like on job for any job that you, you know, go for. So um no I don't think education is extremely necessary like and also like I define education as something else like you can teach yourself everything you need to know as well like you don't have to go to an institution to learn right but it's just like what they need on paper and what they need to feel like they have picked the right fit for the role basically but uh. yeah that was a good point um no, because um, I think what people like, obviously, we all know the DOE. Um, the whole idea of education mm-hmm. is like misconstrued, right? It's not, they're not supposed to be sitting there kind of like teaching you what you need to be taught, but it's mm-hmm. more like teaching you how you learn, like the skills. They're supposed to be teaching you skills, not a whole bunch of content. Um, and I think that's where the problem happens. So I feel like if, say for instance, if we were more focused on, in college, when you got into college, if we were more focused on what your specific goal was, what you needed to learn to do the next job, you would feel like it was necessary. Um, but it's, it's not focused on what you want to do. It's more focused on what they expect you to know or what they deem necessary. Um, and then Zakia brought up the nice point where it's like, they just want to see your diploma. They want to see this piece of paper. They want to see that you got some certificates. Yeah. They want to see just anything that's representational, representational of like, mm-hmm. I can do this job. But, and then you guys also mentioned this whole idea of on the job training. I didn't get any training from <laughs> the job that I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And I literally mean that in the most serious way possible. Mm-hmm. When I walked in through the door, I didn't hear, oh, do you need some support? This, that, and the third. No, I walked in and had to like learn everything on my own. Um, and Teach for America really, you know, walked me through that path. Mm -hmm. Um, but they didn't prepare me for the real world of what teaching would be like that. Even that was probably unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Um, because when I got into that classroom, nobody told me I was going to get slapped in my face and bit on my face. Slapped you in your face. (laughs) Spit in my face. No no one said that. 
No one Bro, I beat the sh- yo. I smoke these kids, man. My girl, <laughs> talk <laughs> like that, son. <laughs> nah, you but good. Like, that's why. That's why we not friends, <laughs> right? No, like, you don't know that, man. I mean. Like for me to be successful in my career, no one was teaching me these things, right? Yeah. Um, education didn't do it. Um, if I went to a teacher school, maybe, right? Something yeah. that was geared towards what I was already doing, yeah. then it would make sense. Yeah. Um, but the way that we have created education and the way that we've set it to teach people or whatever they want to do, it's been very fucked up. Everybody mm-hmm. should know the, edu- the education sphere is completely fucked up. It's weird. You know, Maya, I have this, uh, I'm so sorry you were talking. No, go ahead. I have uh, this nurse. I um, do a lot of cardio work in a day for the hospital. And she always tells me, you know, those papers are just made to hold people back. And, you know, I'm always a little skeptical on people who are too woke. So I'm a little like pushed back on it a little like, I don't think so. But then, you know, you run into situations where they ask for shit like they want a bachelor degree in photography. I'm like, that shit doesn't exist, bro. What? Who Who's out here being a bachelor in photography? Like, and those people are normally buns anyway. You know, like, why do I need a paper to show you how beast I am? You know, and that's something that's really underrated. You know, it's the same saying, like, a mechanic that's not licensed can't fix your car and mind you pablo's probably the best dude on the block you know so you know those papers are it's a it's a really shitty situation you know but again as someone who hire people regularly just knowing that they're capable without having to guess Mm -hmm. is also like extremely reassuring where i could say like okay you went through 30 hours of training i freaking trust you to do this job Versus, you know, like, yo, I can do it, bro. Trust me. It's like, eh. yeah, but I don't know about all of that. <laughs> I'm scared of people that's too woke as well. It's like they, oh. act, they act like they've been roaming the earth for a thousand years. Like, you've been here before? <laughs> no, it's weird. I, I avoid it. I avoid it. You know, I, I, I hide my knowledge when those people come around. It's like, <laughs> bro, it don't, it's not, it's not that deep, man. And I get it. You, you're older, but it's, oh God, messy situation. Because Raheem, I was about to say, I feel like, I feel like corporate companies use that to hold people back because um, when you really think about it, because before in the past, the high school diploma was like the, the penultimate degree that you needed in order to get like a, a good job. And when they realized that a certain group of people were getting more and more of these diplomas, that's when they wanted to start like making it a college degree is important. So I feel like there's only a certain demo- demographic of people. like Who can achieve such a thing, yeah. Especially like your example, a fucking uh, bachelor's in photography. What, I know, what I know what person is doing that in this day and age. Like, who would actually think I'm gonna get a bachelor's degree, four years of college, and I'm gonna do that so I can be financially stable in the future? Only a certain that. Only a certain group of people is actively doing that, and they want those people. It's to true. Come into their business. So I, it, the nurse that true. was talking to you, maybe she's trying to like adhere to that but like I, it's I, true I, I to an extent you yeah. know i I've, I've experienced it a well if if you guys ever question this why i don't have my face on social media often right mm-hmm. and it's messed up but this is exactly how i landed my job at samsung like i thought it was weird that they had photographers that were not as good as i was you know so the little instinct in me says you know what perhaps it's my face right so i removed all of my pictures online and before you know it, I was getting into magnet, like a lot of, you know, companies and these big corporations. And then when I pull up to the meeting and it's a whole black dude, it's like, oh, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I went to meetings before where like the janitor would be like, are you doing delivery? Like I make more money than you, my man. You know, like even those like assumptions is so bizarre. Like they don't expect to see our people there. And when you finally meet other color people in such environments they forgot they were colored apparently it's like what's what's going on here you know it's like the less 
the less black you are is the more acceptable to a lot of these cooperations. Like if you can drop the hood, if you can drop their hair, if you could pull it up, well, nobody wants to pull up their pants, but I'm, what I'm saying is the less of a stereotype you are to these people, the more they trust you. You know, like I always say, like the less masculine a black man is, is the more trustable he is, right? Like you, you'd find like the, the dudes with not that much energy, people feel comfortable. It's something I picked up a lot. You know, especially a lot of these, uh, you know, vanilla people, you know, like they'll trust the gay guy first. And it's like the less of a colored person you are, the less who you are naturally, they trust you more. You know, like that's that's just how it is. You got like, yeah, my name is Santino and I'm here to fix a car. Is that hey. was that one of the reasons why? Photography pen name is Sugar Thumb? I mean, yes, massively. Like, they don't expect to see a buff ass black dude pull up. They really don't. Yeah. You know, like, especially where my personality does not match my appearance either. I feel like it's more soft and welcoming. Like, it's something I grew up with, and nobody could tell me different. Like, especially where how racism is constant, especially if you're someone of color. Like, you feel those eyes all the time. You know, and sometimes it gets really hurtful. So it's like, if even if I can soften that treatment a little, changing my handle to something more approachable is definitely my approach. And then, you know what? I just happen to match it anyway. Like, oh, sugar cup, that's weird. But you get to know me and it's something, then it just becomes more comfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just dim, dim it down a little, <laughs> drop the sauce. He's all right. <laughs> going back. Going back to like the bachelors in photography, like a lot of us, like I didn't go to school for something I really wanted to do. If I did, I would be writing raps for people. Like I'll be a ghostwriter. Actually, <laughs> like, like actually something I wanted to do in high school, right? Um, so definitely pick the career that would just make me financially stable, of course. Like, you know, I I definitely didn't go for it for for interest. I wish I could have followed passion, but we just don't have that luxury to do that. So we don't. We don't. Okay, so how did you network your way to where you stand now? If you did that. Uh, I did a lot of networking, but I feel like I went first a lot. So I'm just, you know. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. Appreciate it. Very well. Uh, yeah, I could go. Um, networking for me, like, has gotten me in every room I've been in, in one way or another. Like, whether it was, you know, getting into like the diversity programs of undergrad, like MLT or NY, because, you know, other upperclassmen at Brook that I knew was telling me, hey, these are programs that I did that were dope. And this got me X, Y, Z opportunity that like, you should do it too. Then, you know, you participate in these programs and then you really craft those really diverse networks because it's just out of like the scope of people you know at your, like where you're from or like the schools you go to or whatever. And so even like going into full time, right? Like, you know, for me, like my intro to Goldman was really going to like these networking sessions that they would host um, at Baruch where like, you know, a few, a few full-time employees would come to campus, you know, speak about their experience there. And then after they would do like a short little, like, you know, five to 10 minutes where like, you know, we would kind of like go up there, introduce ourselves go up to them and introduce ourselves and just kind of like, you know, hear a bit more about them. Or if not, just like, you know, grab their email and try to set up time afterwards. So networking for me has played a huge part. And even in me leaving Goldman was just strictly off of networking. Like the role that I'm in now, pretty much how it ended up happening was, you know, my first internship in 2016, you know, that marketing or oh, AOL I was telling about, um, I, I just had kind of just always kept in contact with like one of my managers there. And so ever so often we just exchange a few words on LinkedIn, whether like, you know, she got a new role, I got a new role and then we'd have a quick little dialogue, like, you know, based on that. And so when I was kind of like in that zone of like really wanting to transition out of my Goldman role last year, she was one of the people that I reached back out to just pretty much, you know, wanted to pick her brain as far as like, you know, the moves she's made in her career, you know, the path that she took just so like, you know, more than anything, just want to kind of like source a bunch of information just to like kind of like, you know, as I'm trying to make that transition here, people who've done it, 
you know, before me have done it multiple times. It was just like, you know, information that I just really wanted. And so I mentioned like the companies that I wanted to actually get into. And so pretty much, you know, one of them that I mentioned, she had a friend there and she connected me to her. And then that friend ended up referring me. And then that's how I got my current role. So literally like networking for me has just opened up pretty much every door that I've been able to walk through up to this point. Thanks. Um, I'll jump in. Networking have definitely been essential and has like got me where I need to be as well. Like, and it started from Baruch. I was also an MLT. I did um, SEO. I did ladders. And my MLT coach told me personally, like she requested that I be one of her like fellows, but she remembered me from some event. And I was like, where? I, I, I didn't remember you. <laughs> but you know, you never know, like you never know who um, is looking, watching and, and waiting. Um, I would say networking has put me at a lot of tables, of, you know, otherwise I would not have had to see that. Um, so definitely essential for where I am now and just what my current role, like um, the person that the recruiter, like I looked at my resume and stuff, she like was a ladders alum you know, she went to Baruch as well. So they, you never know who's looking out and watching out for you. Because they really do look out for their people. So generous. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big, um, very big part of getting a job, I realized. Like, even though we just spoke about having certain papers and certifications, you know, uh, in the hospital, you will learn, you ain't need no damn degree, none of that. You need to know someone in there, mm -hmm. you know? So I've seen so much people pulled up with bachelor's, master's, leave those labs crying. And, and you know, I would say networking is about more close to just as important as having those kind of documents. You know, even with my positions, I had to know someone to get in. I had to know someone that knew someone to get a lot of things done. You know, networking definitely helped me get far. Shoot, the competition I'm in, I had to network to even know about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not going to be known to the public. So that communication, networking, it, it's a big, big role in what I do right now. Yeah. I have to network to find the models, you know, got to network to do everything. <laughs> yeah. For me, I guess I had a, a different Baruch experience compared to everybody. Um, I think the only, what would you call those, job career development programs like MLT, SEO, I don't think I was able to, I have applied, but I've gotten rejected, so I had to like go the other route, which was pretty interesting. So I guess the first time a network really played out for me was the summer of my junior year doing the Seek Mentorship Program. And that Rebecca actually um, recommended me to do that. And then that was like the first step, step where I realized how important networking was. And then through the Seek Network, I got wind of being a part of USG. I've never been a part of a school government program before. So being a part of Baruch's go, um, student government was pretty interesting. And I feel like anybody who had the chance can like see how the logistics of the school works, especially a college as big as Baruch. And it's important to have the view set of how like a certain number of students can actually like lay out the experiences of college students for one year. And that was an important experience for me. I enjoyed being a part of like the events and decision-making. And that really was an eye-opening experience. And through that, in my own personal network, my friends, with Dofo in mind, he mentioned Empower, which was the IT bootcamp that I joined in order to like land me here. So I didn't have like a real established um, career development network, but for me, I feel like the SEEK program at Baruch College was really helpful, and my personal friends, as well, the people that I know who were looking out for me, really paid, really, like, made a difference in my life. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, 
I'll be honest and go out there. I hated networking. Um, I don't know. I just didn't find myself walking up to people, giving them a nice network pitch. And then it, it just didn't feel authentic and genuine to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Same for me too. Yeah. yeah. And that's just, I'm a real conversational person. Like I'd rather just get a nice vibe from you and go ahead. Um, but I don't think I necessarily networked, I would say. I mean, it did start in college with, you know, Baruch and being in seat. I think that what helped me was just having a counselor and having like someone who mentored me. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I was in my first year and I wasn't really doing anything. Like, I don't even think I had a job my first year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know about um, SAC, the student tutoring um, program at Baruch. Yeah. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about peer mentoring until it just happened to come up. <laughs> and I actually applied to both of those things the same year in the same sophomore year. Um, and I guess if I didn't speak to like Rebecca or Monica about it, then it wouldn't have happened. But I also had other opportunities that came after that, speaking to Monica, just expressing to her like, oh, this is what I wanted to do. I'm interested in this. And it was funny because um, I wanted to be a communications lead, uh, like workshop facilitator for the summer program. I didn't even know that she had like walked out to Dave and already reached out to him immediately. Like, who would have knew? Um, and the fact that she did that, that was the only way that I was able to become a summer facilitator for mm-hmm. the SEEK program. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really it. She was my main person, my main go-to that was telling me about all the opportunities that were out there. And I think that's all I really needed. Like, I don't think I was really talking much. And my friends were also, you know, helpful in ways as well. But the fact that I knew that these opportunities were available and I was just applying when I felt most comfortable, I think that was really what mattered. Like, where I stand now. And the next question. How do you continue to challenge yourself and grow at your place of work? Challenging and growth. 